is AI coming for your job? Well, yes, but also no. Stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, Real Geeks is your solution. Find out why agents across the country choose Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering a sales and marketing solution so that you can easily generate more business. Their agent websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for your visitors. Real Geeks also includes an easy-to-use agent CRM, so once a lead signs up on your website, you can track their interest and have great follow-up conversations. Real Geeks is loaded with a ton of marketing tools to nurture your leads and increase brand awareness. Visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod and find out why realtors come to Real Geeks to generate more business. Again, visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now, on to our show. Welcome to Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show, and today, a return to keeping it real as our our one of our favorite people that has been with us almost since well almost since the beginning of our show certainly has been with us for many years Chris Linsell and we actually have a new title for Chris's episodes that he's going to be coming on regularly with us uh, used to be called Closing Time we came up with a with a different and kind of a more fun title we both thought which is called Unpopular Real Estate Opinions with Chris Linsell. And let me let me actually tell you more about Chris if you are new to the show. If you are re- a returning uh, guest or sorry, returning listener to our show, you probably already know this about Chris. But uh, let me tell you more about uh, him to everyone who is new. Chris Linsell is a real estate technology analyst and director uh, of content at large. He specializes in new solutions to old questions, constantly exploring the cutting edge of technology in the real estate space. And Chris also has many years of experience as a licensed realtor in the state of Michigan and has worked as a marketer, a digital strategist, and a trainer for major national brands like Berkshire Hathaway Home Services of Michigan and Coldwell Banker Schmidt Realtors. Throughout his real estate career, Chris has been part of hundreds of transactions ranging from modest rural starter homes to multi-million dollar waterside compounds. An accomplished musician, actor, and speaker, Chris has engaged with audiences uh, sized ranging from 30 to 3,000. Most recently, Chris was just a featured speaker at the 2023 National Association of Realtors Convention, which uh, he just returned. You, many of you listening may have already uh, may have seen him speak there. Uh, but Chris, uh, well, oh, by the way, before uh, Chris comes on, please follow Chris on LinkedIn. We'll have a link to his uh, LinkedIn page. He has writes great content there. And also, if you are looking for a sought-after speaker, either for a brokerage, maybe an association, or a conference, Chris would love to chat with you. He is constantly traveling across the country, speaking to lots of realtors. Uh, ChrisLinsell.com is where you can find his touring schedule and how to get in touch with him. Chris, welcome back to the show. DJ, 
It's great to be back. We might have to work on cutting that intro down a little bit. I realized <laughs> I gave you a lot of info. Uh, and, uh, you know, most people, they don't care about that stuff. They just want to get, <laughs> to, the, they want to, get to the meat inside the sandwich. So, um, hey, thanks for having me back. It's really a pleasure uh, to be chatting with you again. Um, you know, when I was, um, for anyone who doesn't know, DJ and I originally met uh, when I was uh, the senior writer for uh, a website called The Close. Um, and did a lot of content and uh, and uh, professional development for real estate uh, professionals through the close, hence closing time, the former name of our segment. But now that I'm, I am I have I've moved uh, on in the next chapter uh, beyond the close, launching some new ideas here, unpopular opinions, perhaps. Uh, man, I'm looking forward to digging into it today. It's it's uh, it's good to be back chatting. It's very exciting to have you back. Chris is a very, very uh, important person, I believe, currently in the real estate journalist uh, space. Chris is very, very well um, informed on what's going on, uh, from not just from a news perspective, but also from the perspective of working agent. Uh, and you're also in direct communication with working agents, as of course you being a working agent yourself. Uh, so let's let's get right into it. What? Well, uh, there's a lot to go over. What do you? What's on your mind today? Man, what's on my mind today? Well, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff obviously happening in the real estate space right now. Um, I think. I think it's important for for real estate professionals right now to realize <laughs> that we are we're currently I don't know if you ever seen the the video of this we are currently standing on the beach watching the water get pulled away from the shore like like what happened in I think it was in Thailand when there was this earthquake, uh, uh, you know, out in the ocean. Everybody standing on the beach was watching the water recede. Like there was waves that were getting pulled back, like the tide was going out, and everyone was like, "What the heck is going on? It's pretty quiet in here right now, but there's no water like we're used to." All of that water uh, in this video is building to a giant wave that's going to come crash over the beach. And right now, I have this kind of gut feeling that real estate might be going through that scenario we're all standing on the beach it's relatively calm there's you know it's not perfect but we're not getting splashed right now but pretty soon we're gonna face some challenges as an industry challenges that we haven't faced in a long long time maybe ever and it is time for real estate professionals to start thinking about this because we're about to get wet as uh, as the saying uh, would go but I'm here to talk about why we might get wet and to tell people where they can buy their surfboards because just because the waves are coming doesn't mean that you can't be successful either. Yeah, it's funny. I th th I think that's a, a really apt metaphor and it makes a lot of sense because it does feel very calm right now. Certainly uh, the waters are, are murky and you know there's a lot that people are at least the agents that I communicate with are, are unhappy about, but not as unhappy maybe as they've been uh, uh, in recent year, previous years. But mm -hmm. there is obviously there's there's challenges with inventory and interest rates. I saw Jamie Dimon yesterday from from Chase uh, had basically said, "Yeah, recession's coming." So mm -hmm. um, that was that was depressing to see uh, that usually. 
I, I don't know, whatever Jamie Dimon says, I usually think is probably probably close to accurate, but he is not an economist either. So who knows? But he has a team of them working for him. But yeah, I, we mm-hmm. would love, let, let's talk about where that kinetic energy is building right now yeah. out in out in the surf and yeah. uh, when it's going to come crashing into us and what we can do sure. to sort of brace ourselves for it. Yeah. Well, let me, let me start by giving you an unpopular opinion, uh, but not untrue about the mortgage rates that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. So it's true that we've seen volatility in the mortgage rate sector, um, significant volatility relative to what we're used to, right? Like it was not that long ago that the status quo for mortgage rates was in the threes, in the fours, 4% for residential loans uh, felt high at you know in, in recent memory. So to see rates where they are right now, feels volatile it feels like a shock even for those of us who have seen rates higher than this it's just been a long time since the rates have been that high but let me set some let me let me kind of set us straight here it's not popular for me to say this but we are going to experience as an industry a significant set of disruption when industry uh when when our interest rates come down a little bit and let me explain why Hmm. right now most people in most markets are experiencing what i would consider price stagnation relative to the interest rates these high interest rates are not driving prices down they're just generally keeping them pretty 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 much flat this is because these high interest rates which usually would drive prices down are being buoyed by our lack of inventory as you mentioned before right like even though interest rates are high demand was so high that now that the interest rates have come up we've just kind of hit that equilibrium but not down here where we want it it's up a little bit higher this equilibrium is higher than most people are comfortable with so imagine what would happen if say in 8 12 16 months the interest rates drop two percentage points and all of a sudden we are seeing mortgage rates in the five percents well all of this pent-up demand for home purchases is going to explode onto the scene and imagine what will happen when the buyer pool literally doubles in two weeks when interest rates snap down again we are going to see prices pop especially in on-demand markets like major metros tourist destinations anywhere where there's water especially fresh water we are going to see prices pop by 30 percent 50 percent even in the span of of a quarter it would not surprise me to see interest rates um go down and prices pop by 20 percent 25 and this is a this is a competition thing we're talking about basically competition 100 percent, because you're going to have all of a sudden all of these buyers who had decided i'm going to wait out the mortgage uh the mortgage rates i don't have to move right now but i'm i cannot surrender my my three percent uh mortgage rate on my existing home i can't surrender that for an eight percent but i might be able to to stomach it for five percent so all of those buyers are going to flood into the market and all of a sudden we're going to see uh prices on homes skyrocket and this is not going to be good 
for our markets in general. We are still trying to find this balance between supply and demand. So an unpopular opinion, all of that to say is the following. This is actually an amazing time to buy a home for buyers, because if you have the capital to be able to temporarily brace the existing payments, thanks to the mortgage rates that are elevated, you have low competition and flat prices, which means your, um, your, your search process is relatively predictable. You could, if you bought a house right now, if those mortgage rates, like we're all predicting, pop down by 2% in the next 24 months, you can refinance that house, but you cannot refinance the price of the house. If you want to wait, if you cannot lock in today's price and then wait to buy it for two more years. You got to lock in at both places, but you can refinance that rate even though it's a little higher than you're used to. Now, not everybody has that opportunity. I recognize this. This is another reason this is an unpopular opinion. Not everybody has the opportunity to um, go in at the higher mortgage rate because capital is tight. I totally get that. So this isn't something that applies for everyone. But if you are working with buyers right now, it is time to start framing this situation as an opportunity because genuinely, I hate to say it, I don't think it's going to get easier for buyers. In fact, I think it's going to get harder. And right now is the time that buyers agents should be um, counseling their clients to say, now is the time if you want to strike on these sorts of things. It's time to be active in the in the, in the market right now. I agree. I I think that I would love to see a calculator. And by the way, if one of our listeners is so uh, skilled uh, in 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 their in math to create this, but I would love to see, based on some of the assumptions you just mentioned, what that break-even point is for when it does it make sense to purchase in a higher interest rate, low competition environment like now? Which uh, because and then uh, assuming that at some point the next several years, you may be able to refinance down to a lower rate if if rates do in fact decrease, which which we would hope they will. Um, but you, you're right that the as the value uh, or as the price, as the interest rates come down, of course, competition will be increased. So you, I think you're right. This is, I, I think, a huge opportunity for agents to just explain to their buyers, money is just more expensive right now. It's just a little bit yeah. more expensive. And here's the good news. The bad news is, yes, it's it's going to cost you more to to you know get a place currently, as far as the if you're borrowing, um, but. Uh, you have not only less competition, as Chris said, prices are relatively flat and a less competition. And um, then, you know, as interest rates, of course, increase, you're, you're able to or decrease, you're able to refinance hopefully in the future. Um, but, uh, you know, you're basically going to get a better price today just based mm -hmm. on competition. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Now, I want to layer in another unpopular opinion <laughs> that goes along with this one. We're talking about, I mean, it's easy to talk about the mechanics of our market um, because we're all kind of watching. We're, I mean, most, most MLSs, you can see what's closing. You can see when it's closing. You can understand the volume of your market. You can understand it relative to the historics. So most of us can see that stuff pretty, um, pretty evidently if we're looking for it. But let me add in a layer of, of kind of... Uh, unpopular opacity, if it will, something to kind of cloud things a little bit, which is the uh, the added element of technology, specifically AI, 
in this conversation. I know it's unpopular to say this, uh, but AI is coming for your job. And let me be more specific. You're not going to get replaced by AI, but you're going to get replaced by somebody who uses AI very soon. Like, I'm not kidding. In the next 36 months, this is going to be a real consideration for people. And let me tell you why I think that this is true. Uh, we have seen an unprecedented acceleration in terms of the uh, the the path of AI. DJ, I, I, I don't know if if you saw this or not so if you if you did i'm gonna give you a gimme here and if you didn't then we'll 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 go from there how long do you think we've been talking about chat gpt how how long do you think this tool has been on the scene for us how, how long has it been on the scene i i don't like how, know how, I, yeah how long it, is that how long has it been in the zeitgeist um yeah. i'd say year maybe year and a half it just chat gpt became available to the public just barely a year from when we're recording this. It's been uh, available to the public one year and one day from today. It feels like we've been talking about this for a long time. Because, I mean, a year's a long time, but we've also been really intensely talking about it. And one of the reasons we've been really intensely talking about it is because it has developed so fast. Think about where we were a year and a half ago nobody was using was even thinking yeah. in the context of technology how can i use ai to improve my real estate business and now i mean i'm not going to sugarcoat it i i have spoken to literally thousands of realtors over the last uh, just 3 months about how ai will affect their real estate business and let me tell you, things are not slowing down. Things are speeding up. It is very reasonable to believe that a year from right now, AI will be unrecognizably powerful relative to what it is right now. So if you are thinking to yourself, this is a technology that will not affect me and my business, you are akin to the realtors who in the early 2000s thought, nah, there's just no way that uh, a company like, what are they called? Zilla, Zillow, Zilli. There's no way a company like that could affect my real estate business. Of course, people are still going to want to come in my office and flip through the phone book that was the MLS then. If you are one of those people, you're fooling yourself. AI and somebody who's using it is coming for your job. And if you're not prepared for that three years from now, you're going to be doing something else. Yeah. I mean, it's even AI has even changed the way that I search the web because now mm -hmm. for the most part, uh, I will, well, I'm trying to think if, if this is a true statement for me. It's close enough to true. Most of the time I will go to chat GBT with my query before I'll go to Google. And mm. that is only going to, and Google's developing their own. They have Bard, they have their own AI, but eventually um, we are going to stop submitting even search queries the way that we're doing now. It's, it's ChatGPT already has voice input and that's going to continue to develop. And people are going to just start getting accustomed to talking to their devices and asking for information 
Um, I, I do it almost every day. I, the way I think about it is, you know, it's, I don't know if it goes back to the Odyssey, but, but this whole, or, or wherever, uh, whatever mythology this is, but the Oracle at Delphi, this Greek mythology thing, I have that now and, or at least a version of that. And mm-hmm. I speak to it all the time. And I'm curious in how you think that may impact a realtor's job because well, you mentioned, yeah. Like how, yeah, what, yeah. what, yeah. Well, I mean, I'll start off by saying this is not an exaggeration. My children speak to, and I don't want to say it out loud, our smart speaker. <laughs> yep. My children speak to our smart speaker literally daily, and they yeah. ask it the sort of things that would have taken me uh, a minute to get for them using the internet and would have taken me at their age going to find somebody who just physically knew the information that I was asking. So my kids, this, is, this isn't this is um, a learned behavior. This is an, an organic behavior for them. Um, and it is for anybody who grew up using this technology. Um, and the, the uh, um, emergence of, of artificial intelligence to pair with that sort of interface um, is going to, like I said, completely revolutionize uh, the way that we think about information um, and execution of tasks. How will that affect real estate professionals? Well, there are two big things that I think we should consider. The first is, and I know, unpopular opinion here, but the first is if your value as a real estate professional is based on your access to tools or your ability to execute procedural things, you're screwed. I hate to say it, but this is going to change the way that we conduct real estate holistically. There will be no longer there will no longer be uh, hours necessary for editing photos, for writing listing descriptions, for inputting and updating the MLS. There will no longer be hours necessary for sorting through and prioritizing communication on platforms like CRMs. There, frankly, will be no longer a need right. um, sooner than later to uh, to um, automate and even generate the sort of passive communication that just two years ago I was on the close trumpeting as an absolute necessity for building your real estate brand, having email drips, creating the right social media content, making sure your website stays up to date. These used to be jobs that we did with our own fingers, with our own precious hours. This is going away. In fact, I would be willing to bet 30% of real estate hours in our job will be gone and dedicated to machines within, I mean, I want to say 24 months, but maybe more like 18 months, 16 months even. I mean, it's going to change the way that we think about this business. It is no longer going to be a to-do list. It is going to be a list of uh, important commitments it's no longer, I have to do these 20 things to get my listing live. It is just two questions. How can I serve my clients and what is in their best interest? Those are the things that you will be responsible for. Can you imagine a world where you don't have to post to Instagram or update the MLS or uh, think about uh, filling out the forms for your for your, um, for your your local board's uh, uh, license renewal? You don't have to do any of that stuff any longer. Great, but also terrifying for those of us, you know, for those of you, frankly, who hang your hat on the ability to do that stuff because you're not going to have to do it anymore. 
Yeah, I sort of, I sort of have a few thoughts about that. So what Chris is saying is absolutely right. It's going to be a wonderful thing for agents, in particular with MLS input um, for listings and, and and just you know photography. All of that's going to be much much simpler, and it's going to just be automated. You've talked about you know email marketing and different sort of ways that that agents are, are spending their their man hours, you know, working on responses to clients. A lot of that casual stuff or, or operational stuff will absolutely be automated. I'm curious, do you think commissions will be affected as a result of a lot of a realtor's operational tasks being, you know, auto-generated or, mm-hmm. or automated to some degree, is that going to squeeze commissions? Because typically when I hear about any, when I hear about efficiencies that are, you know, technological efficiencies that are coming, I wonder how that's going to impact the public's view of a realtor's worth. And are they going to want to yeah. continue to pay, uh, you know, five to 6% to sell mm-hmm. their home? Yeah. I actually think it's going to bifurcate commissions. Um, and <laughs> If uh, my broker is listening, I, I apologize in advance for the argument I'm going to start in the office in, in just a second. Um, I think that commissions, AI is going to affect commissions the following ways. It's going to make, uh, it's going to drive down the cost of somewhere in the neighborhood of 65 to 70% of real estate professionals. Wow. I bet you in three years, I bet you that most real estate professionals, 70% of them, will be operating in the realm of what discount brokers operate in right now. Flat fee, hourly, that sort of thing. I I genuinely think, because there's so many real estate professionals, frankly, who hang their hat on their ability to access the MLS and schedule showings. That sort of thing does not, that is not a a resume skill anymore. Um, So I bet you a whole chunk of those people are going to go down to the discount brokerage level. The other percentage, the other 15, 20, 25, maybe percent of commissions or of commissioned agents are going to get paid more. And Interesting. Let me, tell you, let me tell you why. Because right now, these agents are kind of in the mix with everybody else here. It's difficult to separate this wheat from the chaff, but AI is going to make it abundantly clear who has the skills necessary to really serve their clients and their clients needs on a personal and um, dynamic and individual basis. It is going to be the difference between uh, a dedicated, like think about it this way, the, like, uh, the agents who are, are gonna be in this top uh, performers. These are your personal physicians who know the, your health and wellness inside and out. They know every square inch of your medical record. And all the rest of these people are going to be WebMD. So you are going to have the opportunity to either have the most premium service available or you're going to essentially have a self-service experience where somebody is just facilitating access to the platforms that you need. Now, what are the downstream effects of that? It could be, hate to say it, it could be a bifurcated experience for a lot of consumers that only the rich get this premium hands-on experience and the whole, all the rest of us 
get this self-service experience. But let me unlock this as an opportunity for anybody who is thinking about where they fall in here. There is an incredible opportunity for anybody who wants to provide that five-star service to those who don't think that they either deserve it or can afford it. Yeah. You have a chance to bridge that gap to become all of a sudden, like, like think about when luxury brands all of a sudden um, create a line of products that are accessible on multiple price levels, but with the same um, level of service and integrity. It is, it is a transformative moment for those businesses. They quadruple or sometimes 10x their business. You could do that. It's just a matter of understanding how do I provide that level of service how do I make it accessible to other people within the market? How do I make it so I am not just serving the elite of the elite? There is so much opportunity there. How would you recommend somebody may would start to think about providing or, or increasing the amount of service they provide? We talked about, you, know, you mentioned the sort of white glove service, this, this five-star uh -huh. service. How does an agent start to evaluate, am I providing that? And if not, what steps should I start to take to improve? Well, I mean, I think honestly, this kind of dovetails very nicely with some of the conversations um, I've been having and other people have been having around the effect of these lawsuits that have recently been levied and, um, and uh, you know, have hit inflection points um, against the National Association of Realtors. Um, if you're not in the loop on that, you're, I don't know where you've been, but uh, long story short, um, National Association of Realtors was found um, uh, uh, liable for promoting uh, practices that were seen as uncompetitive or that were uncompetitive. That's what, that's what the verdict was. Essentially that... Um, it was uh, collusion, essentially, correct? Yeah, collusion. Collusion. A tie, a tied to the way that we pay... Um, buyers agents specifically and just the commission um, the commission structure in general um, promoted by uh, the National Association of Realtors and, and let me see if I understand because I have a very yeah. rudimentary understanding of, of uh -huh. why the system was set up the way it was why it's a problem now I guess that's maybe where we we could start so my understanding is that the way that that this was set up for to encourage home ownership was to say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do a basically you pay it when you leave scenario, so that as a first time home buyer, which we want to encourage uh, in, in this country, we're going to your the buyer technically isn't going to shell out write a check for uh, the realtor's commission for to their agent when they purchase a property that is going to be paid uh, technically by the seller who is going to write that check to to both agents if if there are two agents and then when that home buyer goes to sell their property they're then going to pay back into the system that they so it, it, my understanding is it was a way to encourage or incentivize homeowners who didn't want to or or weren't able to bring you know this commission to the table to close to buy a home and then they're going to basically pay back into to it uh when they sell yeah that's that's certainly the the kind of the that's the National Association of Realtors explanation for sure. Um, not to say that you're, uh, you know, like, you know, uh, puppeting uh, that um, 
that viewpoint, but that's definitely the argument that they used. I don't think that that's a perfect argument, nor do I even think it's really a fair characterization, frankly. Agreed. Um, it, yes, it's it's a it's. But I would say that was the idea, right? That the National yeah, Association yeah. of Realtors will say is is hey, and the challenge with that is it's not really how it works because. Uh, the way that commissions, yes, technically the seller is going to pay the commissions. However, it's all baked into the price anyway. So it really is being shared uh, mm-hmm. by the buyer and the seller, regardless of who's actually writing the check. Right, right. So so thinking about this scenario, we can go you know, into uh, the lawsuits. In fact, maybe we have an entire episode where we just sure. dig into lawsuits because I got a lot of unpopular opinions about uh, both sides of this lawsuit. Uh, but- um, as far as applies to kind of our, you know, anyone who's listening to this, if you're in the real estate space and you want to think about how you can start preparing yourself to be on the correct side of that bifurcation of commissions, to make sure you're not relegated down to the hourly employee, uh, essentially, who's just pushing buttons. Um, one of the things that you can do right now is to start thinking about not just um not just your commissions and your uh lead uh you know lead database and the clients that you serve not just thinking about these things as individual transactions but about thinking about them as an overall building of your portfolio of expertise and let me let me give you an example of what i mean here it is rare that you have a successful attorney who has on his card something like John Q attorney, good at law, all of it. You know, like they don't just that, that's not the way that expertise is built. Same with your doctor, frankly. You do not have a doctor who's like John Q MD, I know the whole body. And now, you know, doctors they need to know the whole body, generally speaking. Lawyers need to know the whole law, generally speaking. But these are not the people you pay the big bucks to, nor are they, frankly, the people that you would go to if you have a very specific question about a very specific thing, lawyer, uh, medical, or otherwise. You as a real estate professional should be thinking about this too. Each of the clients that you take right now should be a part of of building this portfolio of expertise such that you have uh, a reason to say, I am John Q. Realtor, expert in blank. It is no longer or, uh, acceptable to say, I am John Q. Realtor, expert in real estate. We're all experts in real estate. We all have a real estate license. You're an expert. I'm an expert. We're all experts, okay? Whether or not we actually have the definitional knowledge, that's a different story. But as far as the public goes, we're all experts. What you need to start thinking about is separating yourself and your expertise by building a portfolio of business that demonstrates what the heck you're actually good at. Yeah. And one way, a, a quick and easy way you can start doing this is when you take on new client conversations. Let's say you've got a lead who's interested in buying a house, maybe an interest, uh, a person who's interested in selling a house. The first meeting that you have with them, and this is going to feel so unnatural. I realize this is, <laughs> uh, people are going to tell me I'm crazy for this, but you need to say something along the lines of, 
Well, I'm interviewing you too. I haven't decided whether or not I'm taking you on as a client. I need to make sure that your needs uh, make sense for me as well. To start thinking about every client as an opportunity to build your portfolio of expertise. And if you have potential clients that are not going to work towards building your portfolio of expertise, these might not be the right clients for you. And again, I recognize this is this is first world problems. If you are in a situation where the rent is due and you've got to get a, a transaction closed, by all means, this is a place where you say, you know, I'm going to prioritize this next month. But if you are not in an emergency situation like that, if you if you believe that your expertise, for instance, is in waterside condos and somebody comes to you with a piece of vacant land out in the middle of the woods, this is not your client. This is yeah, not going to help you build that portfolio. I, I think you're right. Real estate, uh, real estate agents seem to be. It seems to be we're a little bit behind on some of these other specialized uh, professions. Yeah. Where you know, yeah, you pass the bar, you get uh, get get your law license, and then you are. Uh, really specializing in some version of law. Mm -hmm. Yes, there are general practice attorneys and there's general, um, you know, physician, uh, physicians, uh, you know, general practitioners, and they can do some basic things. And, mm -hmm. but what they, what they will almost always do is, is refer out when it comes to something specialized. So I, th I think you're right. You know, I wouldn't go to my, an estate planning attorney if I had a, you know, a, um, a civil matter that I wanted to get resolved or a criminal That's complaint exactly right. or, yeah, I, I would I would go somewhere else. And I think the, the opportunity is for each agent to really start to think about, as as you said, very bluntly, but I think elegantly at the same time is what are we actually good at, <laughs> right? Yeah, and not, for sure. not Not the collective we, the individual I. What am I actually good at? What mm -hmm. do what service can I can I provide? And how do I increase? Not only how how do I increase my knowledge of that service, but how do I start to rebrand or it you know, it just evolve my brand to really start to focus in one to two sort of specialties. Yeah, hundred percent. And let me, let me bring this analogy full circle. The, those like just kind of general practice attorneys and general practice uh, physicians, those people play an important role in their field. I'm not going to, I'm not discounting that, but those folks are more akin to that bottom portion of real estate professionals that I was talking about. Yeah. They are uh, uh, hourly or flat fee. They are not going to do something specialized for you. They are not going to do, they're not going to um, execute a specialized task. And that is okay. If that's the kind of real estate you want to practice, there's ways to be successful there too. You just have to ramp up your production. You got to be able to close. I mean, seriously, I, I, I think in four years, if you're on the on the lower side of that bifurcation, you're gonna have to close a hundred transactions a year in order to um, to to make this you know a real uh, a real career that you can scale and be successful in, relative to the like eleven that most people do right now. I mean, ten xing your business is not an easy feat. Um, and we're not going to have 10, 10x uh, number of transactions in the country. Um, so you're not just going to have to increase your business. You're going to have to take it from somebody else, which, you know, not an easy task either. So all this to say, don't be a real estate professional who is just satisfied filling out the, the boxes on the MLS 
and just taken every opportunity that comes along, um, like, uh, you know, and treating them all the same. This is your time right now. We are, we are in relatively consequence free zone. We're on the beach. The wave has not come in on us yet. This is the time to be figuring it out, right? To be putting sandbags up around the beach house so that when the wave does come in, it's not going to wash you away. We have the time right now. If you're not doing it right now, I mean, I guess thanks uh, for, you know, for me and mine. Uh, you know, we're going to be more prepared than you will be, but th there's room for everybody here if we can all get on if we can all get on board for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm trying to think now of what are some practical action steps agents could take. One, of course, is is defining what mm -hmm. their actual value is for themselves. You know, really yeah. to sit down uh, on a piece of paper and say, why would I hire me? What is it that yeah. I can actually provide? And then how do I market that? Well, two things. How do I improve those skills or continue to evolve those skills? And how do I how do I market that and and really start to get people to associate these particular skills, not just I can help you buy, sell, rent, et cetera, but mm -hmm. I am particularly good at X. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe you're right as you start thinking about if anything is outside of that, and it's tough to say right now to, to people to do this, to, to maybe turn away business when the market is, is you know, not as, uh, not as active as, as anyone, any realtor would like. Um, mm -hmm. at this time. But maybe it does make sense to start to think about what might I turn away that doesn't necessarily fit into my skill set. Um, mm -hmm. And and where can I refer that and still get paid a referral commission, of course, just like yep. attorneys do this. I, I don't know if physicians uh, operate that same way, but certainly attorneys do. And mm -hmm. you know, it's just something to, to think about. Yeah. for I mean, one, one practical step you can do right now is and, and let me be totally clear. I'm not suggesting that when I what you know my um, this strategy. I'm not suggesting that this strategy is exclusive, meaning this is the only thing that you should do. But one thing that you can do right now is uh, get together a collection of your colleagues who all specialize in different things to essentially create a referral chain to yeah. be able to say. I'm good at condos. You're good at vacant land. You're good at luxury. You're good at for, um, at um, first-time buyers. You're good at first-time sellers. We need an opportunity to create these referral relationships such that um, we don't lose. It's not about losing business. It's about appropriately allocating the people who need a podiatrist to the podiatrist and the people who need an optometrist to the optometrist. It is not a matter of like of giving up business it's a matter of getting it to the right places and if you find yourself in a situation where you're like oh, well nobody's sending me referrals no i don't have anybody uh to to service right now it's an indicator that your niche is too small for your market if you do not have anybody that you are good that if there's no clients for what you're really good at you have a skill that nobody is utilizing that is not necessary for your market and that's a clear sign that you need to either switch, expand, or team up with somebody. And this is the kind of the last thing that I would add in this situation is I think we are going to see the emergence in the next three years of, um, a, I don't want to say um, a renew. well, maybe I do. We're going to see an emergence, a renewed importance uh, emergence of real estate teams and how teams address 
uh, the needs of their of their clients, um, both because it allows real estate professionals to work uh, uh, together uh, to be able to offer that premium service in a way that they wouldn't necessarily be able to do individually. And we're also going to see uh, these teams emerge as uh, vehicles for stability, to be able to generate leads together, to be able to use technology tools together, to be able to share uh, the burden of the business across multiple multiple people. I mean, teams are a pretty popular model right now. It wouldn't surprise me if we see um, a dramatic increase in these, what people are calling team ridges, like brokerages that just focus or uh, function as big teams. I think that might be a thing pretty soon. Yeah, it seems like it, it should be. And this idea of just sub-specializing and merging, you know, different practitioners together into a team, it's already happening. It's been happening for, for, for years. And now with the additional sort of pressures of uh, technology that, that are coming to sort of reduce the need for the general practitioner mm -hmm. and increase the need for the subspecialist. Mm -hmm. um, I think you're right that teams are going to start having, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of, yes, uh, on my team, this is the, the first time home buyer. Here's the condo person. Here's the renter or the rental, you know, uh, agent, et cetera, um, mm -hmm. and commercial agents and, and, and all of that. That's very, that's very interesting. I, I, I do, I do see that coming because, um, we're, we're starting to see that even in our own brokerage, we're, we're seeing a lot of people starting to team up just to offer a, a wider breadth of services. And, mm -hmm. you know, they're basically, their commissions are, are, are staying the same, but they're able to provide better service to their agents. So I think that that's a lot, you know, I think it's a great place to sort of stop for today because it's really a lot for our audience to think about is really to start mapping out what does if I were to specialize in, in a couple of areas of real estate, what would that, what would that look like? Where, mm -hmm. and what would I need to adjust in my business right now to find more of that? How do I find more clients that are first time condo buyers in my market? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, uh, and it could be also too, like I work with young families. It doesn't necessarily have to be a, a specific type of transaction. It could be a specific type of individual or group of individuals that you enjoy mm -hmm. working with, but, but creating mm -hmm. some sort of specialty and really thinking about how do I, how do I penetrate that market through my expertise mm -hmm. and through marketing and you know, I also think too, if you're not sure what you're best at, the best, because I think a lot of us, you know, we, we may have either an inflated sense of self or a deflated sense of self, but it might not be always the most accurate uh, sense of how the world perceives us. So if you aren't sure what your skills actually are, ask your clients, ask mm. them, you know, in, in a way, say, I would, I'm trying to revamp my marketing. I would just love to know if you were to think about why you chose me and, mm -hmm. you know, what was it about my, your experience with me that, you know, uh, that, that led you to have a happy experience. I think if you ask them for that, you will find out very quickly. You'll start to notice patterns in mm -hmm. the way that people respond, and you can start to organize that into a thought of, okay, how do I specialize in these kind of uh, skills, I guess? Yeah, 100%. 100%. And, you know, the long and the short of it is um, <laughs> you can strip all of this conversation down to basically a single axiom, which is do something really well and do it for your clients. If you can do that, you're going to be okay. But 
I know. Easier said than done. Reminds me about something Adam Carolla has been saying his whole life. He says, I never met a really, really skilled carpenter because he comes from the carpentry world who was ever out of business or was ever Mm -hmm. was ever lacking business. And he said, Mm -hmm. really good carpenters are rare. And as a Mm -hmm. result, they are in high demand and they are never, uh, never at a loss for, for work. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that is something to consider as well, as you were saying about, you know, if you have this specialty, but it isn't being uh, appreciated by by your community or you haven't maybe effectively marketed it, or maybe it's Mm -hmm. just not that useful to to Mm -hmm. your community. Um, Mm -hmm. This is where you can start to think about if I specialize in something, yes, it's scary to then think I maybe I'll turn away certain things but maybe I'll attract a lot more of my audience who really just wants X and I'm Mm -hmm. the person that provides X. And I think that's true. Like if you're good at anything, you're unlikely to ever be really out of work unless you're, unless you have some particular skill that's just not valued in the workplace. But certainly for realtors, everyone's got to live somewhere. Almost mm-hmm. uh, 93% of all homes, I believe this is accurate, uh, all, all homes sold um, are sold through a realtor in the United States, something like that. So they're still utilizing realtors. So now it's time to think about what can I specialize in and how do I get so good at it that I'll I'll never have to really worry about being out of work. It's kind of like becoming become unfireable if you have a boss. Um, and the way that they say that is provide so much incredible value. I mean, it's so simple, but it's hard to do. Um, but if you provide so much value at your company, even if you get fired, you're going to get picked up by someone else who who sees your value. So I think that's just a really great thing. It's time, it's time to increase skills, I guess, is what Big we're saying. Big time. 100%. And you said it perfectly. Become unfireable. Guys, we are our own bosses in real estate. Become unfireable from your own business. That's that's the uh, – I love it. That's the best way to leave this, I think. All right. Well, Chris, we are so – so happy to have you back and we're Chris is going to be coming on regularly as he was before unpopular real estate opinions with Chris Linsell for all things Chris to see his touring schedule to learn uh, more about what his current thoughts are go to his website chrislinsell.com you can also book him he you know if you work in particular, if you are uh, volunteering at your local association or state association, mm-hmm. or you're part of the national association, Chris uh, has spoken to to many, many associations all over the country. So mm-hmm. think, consider him for your next speech. Or if you have a brokerage, uh, he would be happy to speak with you about that as well. Um, also, follow him on LinkedIn, Chris Linsell. Uh, just find him on LinkedIn. We'll have a link to both of those, uh, his website and LinkedIn on the show notes. Chris, welcome back. We are so happy to have you and uh, we will see everybody on the next episode. Thanks, DJ. See you soon.